Welcome to the Less True podcast presented by Gulf Food, the largest annual FMB sourcing event in the world. I'm your host, Jeraria Hersey, bringing you compelling stories and insights to a wide range of topics in the food and drinks industry. From farming, behind the scenes, to the culinary world, and to foods we simply love to chew on. In this podcast series, we speak to people, brands, and businesses across the food and drinks spectrum to find out more about why they do what they do and how, in their own way, they're championing change and shifting the future of food and drink. Trust me, there's so much more. So listen to the Less True podcast on our website, gulffood.com, and subscribe to our newsletter for the latest updates in food. to another exciting episode of the Let's Chew podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jewari Hersey, and today we are joined by Shelpa Gulsalker, the Distinguished Senior Director of Food Safety Quality Assurance for Asia, the Middle East, and Africa at PepsiCo. With over 27 years of experience in the FMCG sector, Shelpa has held significant roles at industry giants like Kellogg's, Mandelez, and General Mills before her current position at PepsiCo. So in this episode, prepare for an insightful discussion as we delve into the realms of food safety, innovation, the overall evolution of food safety and quality control in the industry, and how Shelpa is uh, leading this, this space at PepsiCo. It's an absolute pleasure to have um, Shelpa on the episode today. Thank you so much for joining me, Shelpa. It's really a great pleasure to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Doing good. Same here. It's a pleasure meeting you. You too. Um, So let's just get right uh, to it. So if you could just provide us with an overview of your role as the Senior Director of Food Safety Quality Assurance at PepsiCo, and how does food safety play a crucial role in the company's operations? I have been 27 years in the industry and uh, as a leadership of Senior Director of Food Safety and Quality in PepsiCo for Amisa. The important role is ensure we deliver to our region. And our region is del- delighting consumer is our passion and trusted brand is our promise. And this really comes through the role we play across the supply chain. You know, right from the proactive engagement and implementation of quality food standards at suppliers in innovation to governance and compliance in manufacturing. So we partner with our R&D and supply chain team, create the competency and capability on quality food safety. And that's a critical to this role. You know, we have seen FMCG companies work moving towards consumer centricity and, you know, creating brands which are trusted and liked by the consumers. At PepsiCo, food safety is utmost important and consumer is first for us. And we deliver food safety processes, farm to fork, you know, right standards, safe products and ingredients, when we talk about the technology interventions, providing solutions on the shop floor, creating the right infrastructure, and most important is people mindset on the safety first is are the key, you know, successes uh, for our FSQA as an organization in the PepsiCo. 
So that's the role uh, we play. And for us, consumer centricity and food safety is on top of it. You, uh, you know, just an example for you, for, you know, we have a code of conduct, mandatory trainings, you know, and food safety is one of them. And, you know, that's the, you know, crucial part for the organization. And it's not only for the technical community, but overall organization in code of conduct, food safety is one of the element which is covered as a mandate. So that's where PepsiCo is in terms of food safety quality and the role we play across supply chain. That's lovely. So I, I want to know a little bit more about you and your journey in the food and beverage industry. So if you can tell me a little bit more about why you do what you do. So if I can get to know a little bit, a little glimpse of your journey into being where you are today. Can you let me? So journey in terms of the food safety and quality, I started as an R&D product developer. Okay. Straight from the college. And first time I moved into the manufacturing quality and that's where my journey started with the quality and food safety era. And the journey is right from the shop floor to the leadership. Okay. And when you talk about quality food safety, it is not only into the manufacturing, you know, it is from design to commercial to consumer. And in my career journey, I played a role which are different both from the food safety and quality across the supply chain. Supplier quality assurance, distribution quality, how do we build in food safety and quality in the innovation, growth plans, you know category part of it so the journey has been moving from the shop floor to the leadership level working on the different elements of food safety and quality end-to-end -end supply chain and now most important is when you come to the leadership role you know how do you create the culture of food safety quality and that's the focus you know so journey from a doer to a leader that's beautiful. So um, let's get into the industry. Um, as the food industry becomes increasingly um, globalized, what do you perceive as the major challenges in maintaining consistent food safety standards across diverse um, markets? My experience, the most important and the first one for me is culture. Culture. Okay. Diverse manufacturing frames and the local cultural practices do have impact on the way we drive food safety practices. Okay, we implement standard, we give science-based solutions, we create infrastructure, but quality and food safety on shop floor can be sustained only if it is in the people behavior. And that's where the culture plays a role. My experience is unless you create that simplification for the people, and create that awareness of safety first mindset from top to bottom. It's challenging to manage the footprint of food safety. So culture is the first one for me. Other factors which are really impacting food safety um, is the evolution in the social media. Unforeseen environmental situations like COVID, you know, even though COVID was a human disease in the manufacturing or the food safety, uh, set up, we had to do a lot of changes. The way you enter the factory, the way you do the 
processes, the way you sanitize, personal hygiene. So definitely environmental situations impact the food safety. And, and the last one is the regulation, the developing regulation. If you, you know, take an example of a social media, it's a very sensitive topic, you know. Many a times real food safety incidents and escalation in the social media are not real. That's you know, very true. <laughs> people awareness, people awareness is limited, and this social media plays positive as well as the negative roles. You know, so we as an industry need to be ready with all the proactive measures or the new trends and manage this era of changing and evolution into the social media regulations and the environmental impact for the food industry preparation to the food safety. So that's the you know. The global um, landscape, the diverse market I have seen that in Amisa is the most diverse market I have seen into the you know global international sector yes. because the cultural practices are very different country to country. True, so and you mentioned about the environmental yes, yeah. the environmental changes and the social media impacts and the challenges. I think one of the things right now is all about the climate crisis. So um, what, what potential effects do you foresee the climate change discourse having on food safety and uh, how might these impact manifest? Well, climate change, both in terms of environment and also the changes in the length of foodborne diseases yeah. is really impacting the way we operate into the food safety nature. You know? The climate changes we know, we have been talking about global warming, you know, increased temperature, water scarcity, change in the soil, air pollution, floods, droughts, rainfall. There are so many things which are impacting the, you know, climate and which is impacting the industries. And I can give you an example of all these climate changes. The most affected uh, era of food industry is agri and the animal part of it, you know. You will see change in the nutritional profile of the soil and in the impact on the ingredient uh, compositions. And then you define, define the different processes to manage the quality of those ingredients. The new, new diseases which are coming up because of the climate change. Increased temperatures, global warming, you know, the because of the environmental impact, industry need to modify their storage practices and their engineering structures to control the temperatures of the product. Water scarcity, you know, most of the organizations, and I, I, I can, you know, confidently say that in PepsiCo because we also, you know, deal with the beverages. Water conservation is very important. You know, you save water. We keep educating people, and it's a climate change. You know, we have, on this, if we don't save water, it will not be available for us in future. So sure. that's the climate change impact. But you know, take an example of water saving. But at the same time, water is not only an ingredient, but it is also used for the sanitation, you know, cleaning, which is important for your food safety. Exactly. So how you balance that cycle is very important. So we, you know, we, when we, we have a lot of initiatives on water conservation, water recycle, water reuse, but we follow the scientific principles into it. And this is how industries need to really, you know, gear up with the changing era and the changing climate and how we manage food safety, keeping the consumer center, keeping the 
global uh, warming, warming or global expectations into this. Now it's global boiling, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. So um, can you discuss the evolution of food safety and quality control in the industry, including key breakthroughs and some of the technologies that have improved these aspects over the years? In 27-year industry, what we have seen is, you know, traditional man-based approach to artificial intelligence and digitization journey in food systems. And number of examples uh, are seen in terms of the evolution in the technology, you know. Earlier, the testing, you know, today we have rapid uh, testing methods. That's mm -hmm. a technology intervention. The, the microbiology or allergen validation, these are the techno the rapid testing which are helping us take the faster decision. You know, in a country like US, you are also saving on the warehousing space with these faster techniques, you know. Yes. The automation, you know, robotic. I have seen people filling products with hands and now the robot just picking it up and putting it there. Less manual handling, yeah. more accuracy. I know we will have, we definitely optimize the resource part of it, but we need, we are implementing technologies to create the automation and ease for the operations for the people. The third important one is digitization. And, you know, when I say digitization, it also includes the artificial intelligence. That's a new buzzword, you know. Yeah. AI is a very new buzzword where people are, using AI to automate their task, analyze the data, do the predictive analysis. This is all helping us to, you know, take right decisions. What would you right say analysis. are some of the technologies or some of the, um, the things that PepsiCo is using in terms of food safety? Any specific in terms things of the trending? Food safety, uh, you know, PepsiCo got a big uh, digital team. Okay. okay. And uh, we, our main objective is the harmonization, you know, data predictability, and also going paperless on the shop floor. Okay. So automation into the process detection, you know. This is just the piloting is started, you know. We are working on this particular digitization journey, and it is not only into the manufacturing, but beyond manufacturing. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, in manufacturing, how do you auto-capture the data, process data? And that data, you know, helps you analyze and put back into your decision of food safety and quality control into the processes. So that is helping us. Some of the technologies, um, you know, the color and the vision technology for, you know, separating the defects. Earlier, you know, you were using the human eye, but now you use color and the vision technology. So we got a fantastic software to take care of the defects into the, you know, potatoes, bags. Okay. So that's another way, you know, uh, in this thing. And the most importantly, it is, you know, some of the developed countries, it is full-fledged and it is not there into the, you know, some of the international sector fully, is the RFID and the barcode for the traceability. Food traceability, yeah, that's a big one. It's, yeah, traceability is also, in, you know, it's an indirect part of the food safety, you know. It's very important. Uh, you know, Frank Yannis is the, you know, well-known personality in food safety. He is, um, you know, former deputy commissioner of FDA. I read one of his articles recently. He was talking about ambient IOT, a new technology, so which will help you 
not only the inventory management but managing the product details and also the characteristics of the product like temperature and all in the traceability terms with the retail industry so you know if ample is available what what really we have to do is what the need of an hr what the consumer needs and what we can implement given the uh, you know given the limitations we have into the manufacturing um one more example i can give you uh, on the technology in the pepsico which we did in pepsico is the new way of team fertilization of the nuts and seeds which okay. is napa salt okay so this new technology we use in our south africa market for fertilization of the nuts and seeds which is the biggest which was the biggest ingredient portfolio for us in there we had to work on the kill steps for the microbiological standpoint and this technology was you know piloted in south africa and we are now leveraging that technology for our lot of nut fertilization projects okay so and technology there is endless you know it's, it's and endless and it's endless. still keeps growing so in terms of and every day you will find new 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 things coming up it's only the yeah. question of what's your objective and what you want to deliver to yeah and especially ai we don't know where it's it's just the beginning ah. so we don't know where where that's going to go i i i remember you know in my previous organization you know one of the ai people were talking to me you know they will the ai will read your records and transfer into the system ah, <laughs> interesting you know yeah a lot of interesting things uh, to yeah. really learn from and work on to it exactly so um pepsico is known for their innovation in the food industry um can you tell us about any innovative technologies anything in particular or approaches that pepsico is currently utilizing to enhance food safety and quality assurance uh processes so it is you know that the, you know it covered into the some of the answers i gave in earlier so in food safety technology standpoint yeah at pepsico we are working on two approaches one is digitization and ai and the second one is rapid advance in biotech okay. and we said that uh, we are using the rapid advance technology like ai atp illuminance or cytometry or elisa kit for our aseptic validations in the beverages we also have in a digitization preservation model you know it's like a database system which gives you the historical data and team work on to it and you get the formula which you know how much preservative or how much stability product is needing in yeah. terms of the ingredient portfolio so these are the things digitization as i said paperless so going paperless it's a dream you know we just started that journey but to, really working on the repository of the data and how do you optimize the data and how that data is then converted into the predictive uh, you know analysis which helps you in the decision making is the critical one which we have in our portfolio for the digitization okay and um, you're in the research and development uh, department so I want to understand the cons- with the consumer preferences and the regulations always evol- evolving. How do you see the future landscape of food safety shaping up, especially in the the region that you are um, leading? So on the evolving regulation, you mean to say? Y- yes. 
the consumer pref- preferences. Cut consumer preferences. Yeah. So Where do you see it heading? Yeah. So food safety expectations are going to be reach higher altitudes. You know, and consumer awareness is going. The graph is going up. Yeah. The consistency is expected by consumers. Safety is expected by consumers. Even our regulators are acknowledging that. What is the consumer preference? You will see that different countries are working on different regulations to accommodate those consumer preferences. And consumer preferences could be from the healthier platform or it could be from the safe food platform. You know, many a times consumers, you know, earlier the trade was consumer never you know thought about brands. Today consumers look for the brand because they see trust and safety into them. Okay, so and regulators, you know, that classic example in India, you know, the regulations are evolving in a direction of consumer preference. Like now they have started focusing on GMP practices, monitoring for the unorganized sector. It's a big sector in India, unorganized food sector, you know, which is which was never looked into. But today, consumer safety is very important for regulators as well. A lot of focus is, you know, on the hoteling industry or the street uh, food, uh, you know, retailers. So a lot of focus is going on. So definitely the regulators are gearing up. Import-export standards are gearing up to take care of the consumer preference. And hence the future of food safety is going to be monitored through that. So we have to be, you know, on toes with the train and, you know, try and built in all the necessary expectations into our processes and programs to meet the consumer preferences, to meet the, uh, you know, regulation expectations. On the consumer preferences also in the industry, you know, not only the food safety part of it, on the quality part of it. People, you know, safety is very important, but at the same time, people also want quality, which is, you know, taste, consistency. How do you build that? So we, you know, many organizations do that. All the organizations I worked into, we go back to consumers and get the feedback and feed, go feed it back to our inputs into design. So that is also a way to, you know, manage the consumer preference expectation. Sure. And uh, for example, if I am a private label company or a smaller brand, what advice would you give to anyone looking to launch their own brand concerning food safety? And what are what are top of mind things to prioritize? The top of mind for me on this is a compliance to standards and processes is key. So when you know any brand you want to develop, ensure sustenance of you know the consumer, you know, consumer safety considered into on the process. The most important is when you are deciding the consumer needs, then you go to the design part of it. So important is design, execute, verify, go back to consumer and close the loop. And that's really going to help you on the the part of uh, launching a brand into the uh, market. Yeah. But what about um, uh, product labels? So the claims on a product, how can a brand ensure that they gain customer trust regarding the claims made on a product uh, label? Claim needs to be true. 
And if you want to make the true claim, you need to do validation. You need to design the formulas and products so that you can consistently deliver to that claim. So it's not only the product, but also the ingredients. Having those processes of verification of claims, how do we validate the consistency of that claim? And then most importantly is endorsement. You know, many countries do ask for the regulatory endorsement for the claim. And that's where, you know, the confidence will come in that claim is validated and true to the nature. And, you know, then you're creating the awareness, awareness to the consumers, you know, why that claim is there and what's the importance. You know, and you have seen that um, for the awareness also, a lot of times people use the wrong marketing strategy. That's the reason marketing regulations are also there, you yeah. know, when you define the claim. So it's very important that you create that awareness to the consumer and then go back to the consumer and take the feedback on your brand so that you can learn what's happening and then you can build that back into your system. So that's really, you know, that will really help you trust creating on the labels you produce and sell into the market. Okay. And um, if, if you could just focus a little bit more on the snack industry, because I know you have 27 years of experience in, in different uh, huge, huge companies. What notable innovative strategies and developments uh, is PepsiCo pursuing to maintain a competitive edge in the snack industry, especially in response to changes in consumer preferences towards a healthier product, like those of right now, it's reduced sugar or natural Perfect. ingredients. And that journey is true for all the industries. It's not yeah. only PepsiCo. Exactly. But you know, we for us, it is not only snacks, but it is also beverages. So we we are uh, and you know we are into a different portfolio into a different market you know so in the snacks also we are into breads and the bakery products as well so for us uh, one of the critical agenda is pep positive and it's a big sustainability agenda we are driving at PepsiCo you know not only water conservation electric conservation but also reducing the plastic footprint so we recently launched the RPET, the Recycle Pet Packaging and Beverages. Okay. And it's not, so why I'm, you know, taking that example is, you know, it's not simple that we are going into the new technology or new ways of working, but we follow different processes in PepsiCo, right from the ingredient chemical risk assessment to the supplier qualification and supplier ability to produce and consistently supply the you know, recycled bags and how safe it is for the consumer in terms of the product filling into the recycled pit. It was a great work done, you know. Yeah. In terms of the technologies and all, you know, we are also working on a lot of projects on sugar, salt reduction focus. That's the focus in there. Uh, in... Uh, in some of the business units, some of the markets you must have seen, we also have the big chips. It's like an healthier platform. Yeah. We are working on the millet platform. You know, your Quaker is one of the critical brands for us. So, you know, where health is the focus, you know. And we recently, internally, we have launched a hope of growth, you know, from the nutrition for the, you know, the underprivileged kids, you know. Oh. How do we promote the 
nutrition uh, needs through the quacker platform so those are the things which we as an organization are doing from the sustainability and the new trends into the market compound that's really cool um so i'm just going to switch gears a little bit uh, it's always really nice to see um women in food manufacturing. So as a prominent figure <laughs> in food manufacturing, particularly as a woman in a traditionally uh, male-dominated industry, could you share your insights on the unique perspective or contributions mm-hmm. that gender diversity brings? Do you think it is still male-dominated industry? It's not. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know, I personally worked in the manufacturing setup where I was the only lady in the leadership. You know? Okay. So yeah, this, so, and, so tell us know, a little bit I about really, your journey. Really, yeah, and what really helped me is, you know, it, I could see the positive side of it, the respect in communication style, you know, okay. because there's a female into the leadership. So the, the way you communicate, there was a respect which was coming, you know. And you know, versus the male dominated leadership, yeah. Uh, the power to take functional decisions, you know, that was something which I experienced as a female leader, you know? yeah. Gender, gender diversity is a new way of operation across the industry. Wherever you go, you will find DNI, you know, diversity and inclusion, yeah. Where you know, a lot of uh, encouragement is given to women empower women employees and how we can bring the ratio of 50% women employees into the leadership into okay. process and what what has helped you know Harti, is automation as well you know earlier uh, there were few there were thoughts around people that hey this cannot be done by women it can be done by the only the male you know but automation has made your life easier you know something which you know where now i have seen companies where 50 percent diversity diversity on the shop floor that's you know that's the uh, that's the trend today and this is possible because of automation because the way we are you know giving opportunity to the woman personally if you ask me yeah i am very neutral you know yeah. male female doesn't make a difference the way you drive food safety you know it's That's not so that true. if you include more female, it's going to be more food safety. Your yeah. principles, your processes are not going to change. But what's really helping us is, you know, earlier in the olden days, women were not given the opportunity. But yeah. now there is an equal opportunity. And this is really helping, you know, create more diversity. Yeah, that's refreshing to hear that you think that there is, are we still talking about this? So that's, that's very good. Um, finally, um, I want to just uh, get your um, insights on, because you are one of the speakers at the upcoming Gulf Food Manufacturing uh, Food Tech Summit. What can we expect from your session and uh, what are you most looking forward to at the event? I answer this in simple words, you know, Gulf. Gulf Food Manufacturing Summit, your aim is create awareness on industry practices and create platform for networking people and on the best practices. So from the session, I'm just looking for only two specifics. One is share and learn different aspects of the food safety from experts. Okay. So it's share and the learn, you know, you learn from others. And the another one is network industry leads create the repository of technical knowledge depth which can be implemented back into your work. So just, you know, 
gaining the knowledge, sharing, learning, and uh, creating the technical repository. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much, uh, Shalpa, for coming on on this episode. I know you are very, very busy and you squeeze this in, so I really appreciate for you to come on this episode today. Thank you, Elsie, and uh, let me know if any more information is needed. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Let's Chew podcast. And if you want to hear more from Shelpa and many industry leaders in the food manufacturing and processing industry, um, you can attend our upcoming Gulf Food Manufacturing event happening on November 7th to 9th at the Dubai World Trade Center. And you can register for free on the website gulffoodmanufacturing.com. Um, as always, please share your feedback. I would love to hear your thoughts in the episode. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now.